I love you. Well, here's a little science fact for you. Did you know that if Iron Man and the Silver Surfer were to team up, they'd be alloys? Huh? <laughs> huh? Eh? Eh? <laughs> science! Science! <laughs> I am the Green Traveler. Well, first off, welcome back, all you couch potatoes. I am the Green Traveler uh, from Gorsh. It's a little red planet with uh, cute little green people. Uh, They didn't like me, though, so they, you know, banded me to this hellhold. And here we are. It keeps on getting better, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know whether I should destroy it or take it over. (laughs) Or, you know, just leave it. Just, there's gotta be something else. Just promise you take me to. Yeah, we'll build a spaceship. That'd I got contacts. I, I know Elon Musk. Yeah, and you know what? If we got problem with like leaks and stuff when we're out there, you can always just use a little bit of me. A little and bit of you. A little bit of me. And you'll be all set and good. I am the face of Sleon. I pull like silly putty. This is a podcast about <laughs> movies and TV. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I miss Silly Putty. I do, too. But, you know, I messed with some uh, not that long ago. Like, my nephew had some. It still tastes the same? Yeah, it still tastes the same. But a little bit, it's missing a certain spice. And you can tell oh. in the stretchiness and the, the ink absorbiness of mm. the putty. And you know Damn what? It. They It's doing our people wrong. That's what I say. Yeah. They probably try to like make it safe for kids or some sort yeah, of stupid something. shit like that. Ah, <sighs> well, we're talking about science today. Science, science. scientists. Anyways, that's true. Recently, we've had some pretty good science icon bi- uh, biopics come out. Uh, yeah. Recently, being two of these films actually came out in 2020, so you know we're doing some more catch up. We got Tesla. Just yeah. just called Tesla. Starring so Ethan Hawke. Starring Ethan Hawke as Tesla. And <laughs> then we got Radioactive, which is better named. And it is uh, Marie Curie, Indeed. Rosamund Pike, and she does good. And then what do we got lastly? We got Theory of Everything from way back in 2014. Yeah. With Eddie Redmayne as uh, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, and we thought those that this is a pretty good pair. Uh, not pair, yeah. triplet. What? They're not. I mean, it comes down to There's kind something. of being like a pair. Yeah. In fact, should we just toss the trash out first? Yeah. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> That's... Oh no! I I never would be that particular critic, but man, I really did not jive with this movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go into Tesla. I. I... I'll I'll go ahead and summarize if you don't mind. You know, as you know, as a kid, all three of these characters were popular in my in my childhood. I was very interested right. in all three of them for different reasons. Uh, Madame Curie was I, I honestly, as a young boy, probably would not have been interested in her if we hadn't read some kind of story in school. Right. And I was just like, wow, that's cool. You know, it's like this person invented, or not invented, but did a lot of studies with radiation, like. Right. You know, I was like, oh, I don't know why, but I was interested in that kind of stuff as a kid. So I went into that. But Tesla's always been kind of uh, an idol of mine because 
you know, he just like there's a moment in both of our childhoods where he just became super popular. I feel like culturally, yeah. and everybody yeah. was like, "Fuck Edison!" Tesla was the real deal. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, fuck Edison. And so, you know, I was really excited to see this movie because I honestly didn't yeah. uh, know it had come out until you had told me, and I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, Same and then I looked here. up and I was like, "Yeah, hey, I like Ethan Hawke. All right, let's do this." I literally told you the moment I saw it on Hulu. I, I was like, dude, there's a Tesla movie. <laughs> <laughs> I I was super stoked about it. And not Elon Musk Tesla. Not Elon Musk Tesla. That would be an interesting movie, but maybe they need to call it something else now. Not just yeah, Tesla. They, well, they have, to, they have to wait until he sets himself firmly as the evil scientist, because I feel like, you know, there's... Right. I shouldn't say that. I'm still looking for some sponsorship from a friend there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So, no. so though, if that happens, though, Iron Man and Silver Surfer are going to come in as <laughs> Team Alloy. Team Alloy. To, to, to defeat him. The Allied Alloys. The Allied Alloys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Tesla is uh, directed by Michael Almereda, who... In, in, uh, from his filmography, the only thing I knew him for was a version of Hamlet, which stars Ethan Hawke. <laughs> so <laughs> he went back to the barrel with Ethan here. But it covers his life kind of from when he was working with Edison to... Th- did they go all the way through his death? I, I can't remember. Uh, they had a slide about his death, but it was pretty much his last, I guess, failure would be the best way to put it. The last time he no. was really inventing, I think. I'm sure gotcha. he was doing stuff up until he died, but he didn't have any more funds at, after this point. Thankfully, you know, biopics are kind of easy to summarize because it's just the life of Nikola Tesla. So, right. like, that's that's basically the summary, but it, it more focuses on his relationships with uh, certain people in his life. Specifically, right. you know, Thomas Edison, played amazingly by Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, uh, I from really Twin Peaks. Did like his performance. I wish. Okay, so really, what really did not jive with me with this movie is just oh, just so many things. Honestly, it, it was just the way the how whole it's told. yes, the way it's told. I did not like it. I think that there is a way that it could have worked, but I feel like there was just too many ideas thrown into, yeah. picked out of the hat, and then they didn't. They didn't narrow it down to some yeah. solid ideas. Like, if you're doing a biopic and he ha- there's a major event in the character's life, you show that major event. You dramatize it. You know, you, you yeah. take it and you bring it to life on the screen. This movie, and I will spoil how the story is told. I don't think it's, I don't think it's really a spoiler. It's just, if, if you ever do want to watch this, just know that this is going to happen because it really threw me for a loop and I didn't right. like it. When major events happen, rather than show them, they cut forward to the 21st century, modern day, where Tesla's love interest, which kind of not really, but uh, we'll get into that. But what was her name? Anne. Oh, Anne Morgan. Anne Morgan. Thank you. Yeah, daughter of J.P. Morgan. They cut to her in the future where where she just narrates the events. You know, it's like, wow, Tesla went to such and such and, you know, talked to so-and-so and and this happened and that's where he got the money to do this thing and 
that leads us to Colorado. And, you know, and then they cut to him just, like, on the train to Colorado. I'm just like, why don't you just fucking show those scenes? Like, why are we doing this narrating? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, exactly. That uh, is, I, I feel like there was, a, I feel like I, I know the reason why they took this choice, but I think they leaned on it too hard. So I think the reason why they took the choice was because there really isn't a ton about Tesla that we know yeah. on a personal level. Like, you know, we know the events of his life. We don't know everything he was doing out in Colorado. No. Uh, no. But we, we know the events of his life, but he was an extremely private person. And mm. he didn't like getting his picture taken. And they mention that at the beginning of the movie. And they talk about, like, if you go and Google him, you'll only find four different images repeated over and over again. But if you yeah. search Edison, there's albums and albums full. That was their reasoning, I think, for telling it this way, is because they don't really have the personal information. I think, personally, <laughs> that you could have told a story, and I would have yeah. watched it and enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, see... My favorite interpretation of Tesla is David Bowie's in yeah. The Prestige. Yeah. And it, the reason is because he's so mysterious. He's so amazingly played. You know, it's like you don't know what's going on in his mind. And to be fair, you don't know a lot what's going on in Ethan Hawke's Tesla either. Right. I, I will say the the one saving factor, there's two saving factors of this movie. And it's Ethan Hawke and Jim Gaffigan. I yeah, think their Jim performances Gaffigan are does, great. Is great in this, yeah. Oh, actually, and Kyle McLaughlin. I did yeah, like him all too. three of them. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, the person who played Eve, oh, excuse me, Eve Hewson, but Anne Morgan is the character's name. Mm -hmm. She did a good job, and you know, yeah. all, I would say that a lot of the performances were really strong. It's just, I just don't remember her performance. I see. Mainly because all I remember is the narrating from her, right? Which irritated right. me. I do think that the narrating parts, maybe because I too am a narrator, <laughs> uh, um, I was kind of I was able to like appreciate how she was narrating, how she was performing the narration, but I did not think this movie needed it. Yeah, I feel like they just needed to dramatize him. Yeah, you know, just just take his story. You. Ethan Hawke did an amazing job at playing him as a very, as you said, private, quiet individual. Yeah. Like he seems so within himself throughout the entire film, and like it was great. It was a good rule. They just, yeah, they just need to embellish it. Just take what yeah. you know, and make some kind of great story out of it. You know, just go for it. Right. But they wanted to, they wanted to stay true to whatever reality we do know. Right. And I can respect that, but at the same time, it just, it fell flat so hard with that yeah. narration. I think another reason why they might have taken that choice is because the pop culture view of Nikola Tesla is so fictionalized. And that, that could be a reason why. They're like, hey, we're going to tell you as true of a story as possible. But then there's flash mobs. So... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that shit. Yeah, and, and it wasn't even to, and it was to, I can't remember the song they chose, but I was like, why? Why is this happening? <laughs> right. Uh, it was a, you know, some modern pop song. That, I can't remember. It was but. at the end of the film. It was uh, like, right? it was before, 
it was before he had was working with jp morgan okay i remember that happened and i was just like what the fuck happened yeah you know? it was so <laughs> weird it really just did not seem to fit to me yeah and we'll talk how these films handle the accuracy of their stories and I feel like as bad as this is, this is the one that handled the you know the tale the most accurately because again, there's little information about him, so they didn't have to do much. And since they're presenting his story as a narrative, where they're like kind of just reading his Wikipedia basically to tell yeah. his story, there was no way that they can really fuck up the accuracy too bad on this. So, right of the three films, this is the one that kind of stayed true to the story. But boy, did it tell it so poorly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, see though I the and that's the reason why I have to give my appreciation to the other two films because yeah. even if there are inaccuracies, but you know this is someone's life and I, even Stephen Hawking was still alive when this movie came out when his movie came out. Yeah. So when you're doing a movie about a person <clears throat> who is still alive, I feel like there is especially if they're like a. Um, an honored person as he is uh you want to be as respectful as possible and you also want to be able to tell a good story so i mean the embellishments in that might have been to make him look better though i don't know what what is inaccurate in this in in either of those films really i did not necessarily look that up yeah i should say i'm not like a historian on any of them either it's yeah. just small things that I know for certain. Uh, well, I shouldn't say for certain again, because <laughs> somebody will come into the comments and tear me apart. But you know, there are things that I know, or that I think I know, uh, that happened that you know the films kind of embellish. But again, with as you said, with Madame Curie and Hawking, they don't ruin the film at all. No. So it's just you know again, it's just they are honoring them. But I like a biopic that's more brutal. Yeah, yeah I, like, I would like that too. I do think like they kind of do a little of that in Radioactive. You're right. They are a little like that with Radioactive. And I, I like my biopics more like Rocket Man, less like Bohemian Rhapsody. Sure. You know, Rocket Man took Elton John's life and they were just brutal with it. And he wanted them to be brutal. He wanted them to yeah. tell his story. You right. know, as he said, my life isn't PG-13. <laughs> it's rated R. So it's like I like I like the biopics that just actually go for it, whereas with Bohemian Rhapsody, they were just so afraid to make him seem like a bad person at sometimes. You know, it's like <laughs> I, no. I I actually haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, so I could not say. But Rocket Man, I did enjoy. And yeah, Rocket Man's uh, really good. It definitely does show his his uh, his struggle. And yeah, uh, somehow I got there from Tesla. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. There is some. Like it made sense that there were musical dance movements in Rocket Man, but yeah. not in Tesla. I'm sorry. No, not in Tesla. It didn't. It didn't work. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know what else to really say about this movie besides that I was yeah. disappointed with it. <laughs> yeah, there's not. Mu- I don't think there is much to say. I would love to see a Tesla yeah. biopic, but one that's more dramatic. You know, again, his his character's more of a legacy now than a, or a mythology even. Right. A legend. I should say, than you know, a real life right. story. So it's like, go ahead and you know, embellish it. Go crazy with it. Yeah, you know, give him a steampunk s- army. Like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> give him a steampunk army. Make him Frodo and uh, Thomas Edison Sauron. Like, go for it. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. 
But uh, closing statements, I'm not. I wrote down two stars, but I'm gonna stick with two stars. You know, it's not god awful. You know, I, no. I call it trash, and I've definitely been mean to it throughout this whole review. But yeah, it's like it is watchable, and it does have yeah. some good. It got it's got great performances. I liked uh, when they're in Colorado. They use, uh, I think they use like green screen, yeah, backdrops or something like that. And I really liked that. They, you know, they had like stage lighting and backdrops, and it was kind of fun. It was a good scene. Yeah, like, that was a pretty cool moment. That somehow fit the whole way that the story was told better than the way that the story was told to the story yeah if if yeah if they had actually just made it a play yeah like if they had turned it into like a yeah like because he already did hamlet so i think that might be what he was actually probably trying to go for then maybe might have been trying for a more play-like atmosphere yeah i haven't really seen much of this guy's style i have seen that hamlet movie which is good yeah overall i was fairly fucking bored yeah (laughs) <laughs> i did you know i did learn some things that i didn't know but they also yeah. did like this one thing that just kind of really confused me and which was more irksome where they played out scenes that never happened and yeah. then they say that never happened and it's like okay then why don't you show me a scene that did i don't get it right but we're not going to. She just tells you that didn't happen, and she tells you what really happened. <laughs> yeah. Or what yeah. might have happened. Uh, all right. Well, closing statements. You you did you did yours. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I am. I'm. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know. I didn't want to turn away. I wanted to watch the movie. So I'm giving it a half a face because it it it's a movie. It did a movie. <laughs> but it's not great. Um, and, but I do, you know, if you want to learn a little bit more about Tesla, you you can sit through this, just treat it more like, uh, an educational, uh, uh, documentary. (laughs) I think my expectations were just too high going in. This is the movie that the substitute teacher shows. Yeah. And which in that case, you know, if I were a high schooler and I was watching this, I'd be all down for it. Yeah, sure. (laughs) You know, I don't have to learn physics right now i wasn't very good at physics like when when they talked about the theories i got it everything snapped i was like yeah that makes sense yeah of course that makes sense when they started talking about the math i'm like what what are you talking (laughs) about and i got a's in all my math classes (laughs) yeah i somehow scrapped by on all my classes too but i didn't yeah i wasn't on top of anything including chemics which le- or chemistry, I should say. <laughs> chemics. <laughs> that I was like my chemics. attempt. At, uh, it was my attempt at a segue into radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm radioactive. Radioactive. Uh, I really did you know? I didn't like stick around for the credits, but did they play that? I don't think so. No, okay. I didn't stick that around either. Really but funny. I kind of, you know, <laughs> when this came out and we were watching it, because because it it almost kind of does similar things that Tesla does. So yeah. I almost expected that song to play at some point, right? But it didn't, and I'm very glad it didn't. Uh, so Marie Curie, she is a Polish scientist who uh, works at in in Paris at the 
I was going to say the school's name, but I'm going to say it wrong, so I'm not going to. At a uh, prestigious school. <laughs> a prestigious school, the one in France. And uh, she studies, she's, you know, she's got a doctorate in physics and chemistry, I guess. I don't know. At the very least, that's one of her Nobel Prizes. Anyhow, she's struggling because the the uh, up-and-ups don't like her. Yeah, all men. Yeah, all men. She then meets Pierre, played by Sam Riley, whose picture on IMBD or DB, <laughs> damn it, uh, <laughs> really threw me because it does not look like the same guy at all. I don't know if really? you've seen his picture on I haven't, no. There. I does not look like this character at all. <laughs> but anyways, both of the, both he and Rosamund Pike do a great job. Oh yes. In this movie. Amazing. Uh and and a lot of the movie is about their relationship, but it's also mm. about their science and her life after he's gone. And I going off that it they both do a great job at what they're given in regards yeah. to the characters. Uh, I do the only area really that I feel like I think that this film took a little embellishing of the you know of true facts was how Pierre is presented as a person sometimes because they they kind of show him to be you know a little harsher or he he's such a he's such a genuine nice person from right. what history has showed or from what I've read in history at least that there's moments in this movie where. Uh, when he when they both go to accept a Nobel Prize, in the movie right. he goes alone, leaving uh, Madame Curie at home to watch the kids. Right. When in reality he refused to accept the award without her present. Right. I yeah I do yeah I I did read that as well uh, when I was doing some research the other day that they were uh, they both did go to stockholm but it was a couple years after they yeah. were actually awarded it mm-hmm. uh, because they were both had radiation poisoning <laughs> yeah well, well um, also they just had they just had another child and so they were yeah. uh they wanted to wait until she was ready to travel again right. and and it's 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 just a little change that it doesn't again it doesn't hurt the story that's told it doesn't hurt yeah. the movie at all it's just it the she's such a strong woman that it felt like a weird thing to throw into the story where it's like she had to stay home to watch the kids. I'm just like, that that's I not who she was at all as a person. You know, she was a no, very, yeah. I, I think it was kind of a mistake too. Uh, yeah. to be honest. But I think one reason that they might do it was to prolong the feeling that the society at the time was against women mm-hmm advancing in the fields of men yeah say. and i respect that wholeheartedly i think i understand i like that's a good uh idea yeah uh, if that's what they were going for but at the same time mary curie mary curie oh my gosh i can never say her name that's why i always go with madame curie just yeah. them, them being so close to a rhyme is so hard for me to say oh. uh madame curie is such a important figure in science and in uh, women's history because right. of you know she, the fact that she pushed back against all of that exactly you know, she found yeah. yeah she she became a knife into the into science you know and she kind of just inserted herself in there right and 
you know, they, they just attacked her for everything. You know, it's, I mean, not really at, at the beginning. You know, so they're like, wow, that's, you know, a lot of her findings impressed a lot of the men. But some of right. them were just like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard or you're a right. fool. They show one guy who storms out on her and it's like, I, I, I love that about it. You know, they definitely right. do a great job at showing male society back then. But I that yeah, it just felt like a weird mistake, but not a mistake that uh again ruins the film because I I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh right. quite a lot of fun to to watch Rosamund Pike. You know, she's I don't even I can't even think of what I know her from right now. Uh Gone uh, Girl. Well Gone Girl. Gone Girl. That's what I know. Yeah. And she was I also Bond, watched... Bond Girl. <laughs> That could be it. I know we, we'd seen something with her together, and I know that I saw Gone Girl with my folks. So yeah. that was an odd one to see with your folks, but <laughs> there I've was weirder I've it. seen. Weirder I've seen yeah. with a parent. <laughs> I guess there was also another negative, not a negative, but uh, another scene I had a little issue with, and it's just gratuitous nudity. Nudity. Like oh yeah yeah there's just that one moment where they just show them uh, Pierre and her skinny dipping and it's like it's a nice yeah. moment to build their relationship but at the same time I don't know it's just, I I read a lot of mainly female critics who were just like why do we have to have a nudity scene yeah it you know, wasn't just, necessary no it wasn't it necessary kinda... <laughs> but you know I don't know I'm sh- I I don't know that I'm not gonna say for sure whose decision that would be. But there is something, you know, there is one side of the argument out there that women being able to show themselves in film is is also part of the liberation. But I don't I, know. I think I agree with you that this scene did not need yeah. to happen. I think it's all right to have female nudity if you also have male nudity. Right, if we yeah. see the penis, then I'm all right. Yeah, I don't show care. the penis first. <laughs> allow the penis to enter the scene first (laughs) (laughs) and then we know what this movie's about Uh, i feel like we've disrespected madame curie (laughs) talking Um, about penis in her segment yeah maybe a little bit uh well she discovered some things she did some really cool things yeah some Uh, elements yeah uh, Pol- polarium polodium polodium yeah and named uh, for poland <laughs> yeah and i believe i think so i think you're right um but what yeah right no uranium no they were taking no. <laughs> uranium and separating it man we suck at this <laughs> i don't know what you thought about we're fucking on it man she found two uh, elements and she did extensive studies in radiation right i can't remember the, the if... problem is is that the green glowing one is the one that we're forgetting maybe it is radium i think it uh, is radium yeah and i really loved that too they show her so often just with like a vial of yeah uh radium or you know green glowing goo they show her with that little vial, and she's like sleeping with it. She keeps it in her pocket. You know, she's it was such a beautiful marvel to her when she discovered it. Right. And yeah. and then you know it's just like as she starts to you know, as symptoms start to show not only with her but with Pierre and with uh, right uh, other people who've worked with radiation. I mean, maybe this is bad. 
And so, yeah. it's, but she doesn't, she never puts it down. She keeps it with her no matter yeah. what happens. You know, it's just, it was such a, a magnificent discovery that she was like so yeah. proud of. But dude, I mean, like, I can't say I wouldn't do the same if I didn't have the knowledge of how dangerous it was. I, right. Like that, that, and, and you know, people did do that too. Like they, Pierre pulls out this box at one point, just filled of irradiated items. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right and, oh yeah my like, gosh. like there's a face cream for women with uh it's radioactive or something like that <laughs> pretty funny but also right. like oh my god so many people had to have gotten sick that was one thing i really loved about this movie was that the the dramatic irony of it all where it's like us in the future we know how bad some of this is and right. so when he when he pulls out that box you're just like no what are you doing no, yeah. and you're like and then they cut to her like waking up with the vial like in her hand, clutched to her heart, and it's like, no, what are, what's wrong with you? <laughs> just, Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was... Like even like they even had like radiated matches. Yeah. And like where one thing I want to know is how are they getting all of this? Like who is <laughs> who is taking the pitch blend? for these companies and making all this uh radio right i feel like a lot of it was probably just like false advertising and everything it's just like look now with radiation <laughs> yes, like, all right. we're jumping <laughs> yes. on this wagon it's <laughs> Love really it. made of horse shit <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing i uh i don't even that, that's a bad segue i was gonna say that's one thing but there, it, it's not tied into anything that we just said <laughs> anyways Another thing that I did Another like thing. about Radioactive was how they didn't allow other important popular name figures to steal from her story. You know, they just told her story. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's that famous photograph of her with Albert Einstein. Yeah, some kind of science structure where, you know, <laughs> she was with Albert Einstein. And other biopics would have probably had him as a character. Because he's a big name True. figure, so it's like let's show that, let's have that, you know, that fun. But that definitely wasn't the biggest moment in her life. No, exactly, sure. and and I'm happy that they didn't let that intrude. And another character that could have intruded, and I feel like he did in name only. I don't know if they had a character for him. Was Henry Baccarill? I'm probably pronouncing right. his name wrong, but he's the guy who first accidentally discovered radioactivity. Right. And, you know, when she won her Nobel Prize for, you know, her work on radiation, she won it with, or, you know, in conjunction with Henry Baccarill and her husband, Pierre. Right. Right. And, again, I feel like another biopic might have made him more, much a bigger character or used him to show how, like, you know, she alone couldn't have won the prize because, you know, men had to be on the ticket, too, or something. Right. Right. And I'm happy that they didn't, you know, they didn't, they, they focused on her. I'm happy they didn't have other big names, like, intrude too much on her story and weigh it down. The thing is, even if they did do something like that to say, hey, she wouldn't have done this without this other scientist's work, he would not have discovered what she discovered. And he accidentally discovered it, yeah. And she took... Yeah his accident and said hey i think i can figure this out and plus a lot of other shit yeah you know she made x-ray machines for world war one later on 
yeah. uh, in this movie, and I thought that was really cool. I did not know that. If I did know that, it was long forgotten. Right, yeah. along with her daughter, who is wonderfully played by Anya Taylor-Joy. Just a small role. You know, I love Anya Taylor-Joy. She's one of my favorite up-and-coming actors. And yes, she, uh, I don't know if you've seen The Queen's Gambit, but it was not really yet. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm de- it's on my list. We could definitely talk at some when I finish yes. it if I do watch it. Soon. That'd be good. And so I'm really excited to see her grow as her career grow because you know she's from, got I, something. But I feel like she was uh, not not explored as much as I would have liked. But again, it's Madame yeah. Curie's story, not her daughter's story. That's true. Uh, and they do they do focus on her relationship with her daughter pretty well. So yeah, yeah. more towards the end though, when they're younger, they don't. But she even has a line where she's like, I wasn't much of a mother. Yeah, because she's so focused on her science. And and when Pierre died, she was a wreck, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, God, man, that scene. <laughs> That's, yeah, jeez. There's another issue I have with this movie, and it's sometimes, like, the editing is really bad. Like, some scenes are very confusing. Uh, when she has her second child, uh, I just remember it being really choppy, and I didn't understand what was happening. And especially the scene with Pierre when he when he dies uh, spoilers if you don't want to know how he dies but this was a story way back in the 1900s early 1900s <laughs> but yeah, go go forward 10 seconds if you really don't know your history and you don't want to know it until you watch the movie yeah he, he's just walking across the street uh, I think he's a little drunk and a horse and buggy runs him down and that's sure that's how he dies and how they show it, one looked weird. I'm sure that's that it. I'm sure that's how it probably would actually looked. But like him running alongside the horses, I was just like, right, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I was like, this looks so silly. And then his death itself and uh, scenes afterwards just felt really weirdly edited. And I was just, hmm. it's just small technical details that kind of just right. drew me out of the film. Hmm. I can't say that I noticed the scenes after it being oddly edited, but the death scene itself, like you said, it was really weird to watch, but I do feel like that's what a person would have tried to do Yeah, if they were in that situation. And maybe yeah. somebody who wasn't sick with radiation poisoning would might have been able to jump up and get a foot on the bridle Maybe. or something and get out of the way. That's, or just known I think, to keep your head down when you Curie, fell. Uh, I know that's something that Marie was kind of thinking. I just just now remembered the editing issue, the biggest editing issue I had, and it's what you were hinting at at the beginning was how it was told. Because yeah. I remember I remember they flash forward mm-hmm. to her her work's effect throughout history. So they, you know, like she'll she'll discover radiation or radioactivity, and she'll do a lot of work with that. And then they'll do a little flash forward to, you know, a kid getting an X-ray to help. Uh, uh, he's getting radiation treatment, right? For for cancer. for cancer, right? And then they'll cut to the atom bomb being dropped, and then they'll cut to prod or uh, to the oh man, where is it called in in America where they tested oh, where the atom bomb? The, it, it was in. I think it was either New Mexico or uh, I can't remember what the town was. Boomtown, maybe. Yeah. Boomtown, somewhere like that. 
Yeah. I mean, that sounds great, actually. If it wasn't Boomtown, that's what it is now. It's Boomtown. <laughs> that's what it is now. Well, that's the movie that we're making about it. Uh, we're not doing any research. Where uh, the mannequins are real people. and Yeah, but, but the thing is, is that they're mannequins, and they're always, like, you never show them moving in the picture, but you have people speaking their lines. <laughs> and then and then you'll like you can there's different scenes that get set up and you're like but wait when do they move only when you're not looking right they're weeping angels yeah they're weeping angels and that's don't why blink. we dropped a nuke on them i mean come on. <laughs> don't blink <laughs> but yeah that that the flash forward stuff was stupid i hated it yeah. It was the same same thing as like Tesla, where it's just like I get what they're trying to do, put it as an insulate at the end. You know, your your, your biopic's already gonna have an insulate. You know, every yeah. biopic does, so just go ahead and just toss that into your summaries. At right, exactly. Like your viewer, I think, is smart enough. Well, I guess I don't know. People are a lot <laughs> more ignorant than I think they are. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> But I do think, but not our not our couch potatoes. Our couch potatoes. Not our couch are potatoes. All... They are well educated viewers yeah, of the media's. Um, you're all on the ball. Anyhow, whatever that means. Hmm. In the long uh, long story short of whatever I was gonna say, it is definitely 110 percent done better in this movie than it is. In Tesla. <laughs> That's true. It is. It definitely is. But uh, because I mean, they do a dramatized scene, and these scenes. Well, at the very least, I feel like the scene with the kid going to get the the radiation treatment, that's entirely fictionalized. They probably do have the transcript of the people who dropped the bomb. That could have been word for word what they said. I don't know. Probably. Who knows? I'm fairly certain she wouldn't like her legacy being capped with all that kind of stuff. But that that is where it went, sadly. Yes, and I think that the reason, another reason why they took it that way was because of Pierre's speech at their Mm. first Nobel Prize. Because he says something along the lines of how the guy who the prize is made after, I believe he actually made the prize Nobel did. He was famous for making dynamite, which allowed people to do all good things, but is also a terrible instrument of destruction. And he's saying their findings could be instruments of destruction someday, but there's good things that can come out of them. Yeah. And I I think that that's what they were trying to do with those flash forwards. And I think that it did do it to an extent, uh, but it also just wasn't necessary. Like I just feel like they could have done without. I felt like a lot of the dramatizations were like acted, not the greatest especially that doctor and the in the father i felt like i felt the kid was fine but like that especially that scene like the doctor and the father i was just like come on guys <laughs> like hmm. why do you keep that. this in there? i i, I it, didn't get that from their performance personally i thought it was okay i just thought it didn't really fit the movie yeah i guess uh, that's what i'm saying is like it, it wasn't bad acting it just it didn't yeah. fit what you know rosamund pike and sam riley and everyone else was putting forth so it just it felt sure. off sure it definitely felt like it was from a different movie. Yeah. The closing statement time, I think. Yeah, I think so. So this is a full-faced movie. This is a good movie. I really enjoyed watching it, actually. Um, you know, I, I feel like what we got with this that we didn't get with Tesla, man, we're really just the whole 
fucking episode but what we didn't get with Tesla that we get with this is a really personal connection to the character. And I feel like that's what people want when they go to biopics. It's like, I want to know what this person was like. And yes, I think, I think, I at least hope to an extent that everyone realizes that it is the actor's portrayal of what they think that person was like. And that's even more interesting for me on, on a technical level is like, especially when the industry returns to these stories over and over again, like you get to see different people portray these characters. I don't, I can't recall another Marie, Marie Curie movie, but I loved watching Rosamund Pike do it. It was a good yeah. movie. It was a good movie. Yeah, I, I agree. It is a good movie. Uh, I give it three stars. Great performances. You know, especially mm-hmm. to go off of what you were saying with Rosamund Pike's portrayal, I really liked it when there's a moment in Madame Curie's life where she is scandalized. You know, the yeah. the this society is very starkly, staunchly against her and like very mean to her and kind of you know heckling her always. And also being I lo- racist. Yeah, and sexist. And yeah. and I loved how Rosamund Pike portrayed Madame Curie during those moments because I don't know how much history is, you know, remains from that period, how much was like in her diary, if she were kept a diary or if, if there was like letters or anything from her time period there. So seeing how she portrayed this character going through this just horrific moment in her life was very entertaining to to watch but yeah small technical issues small embellishments of history which again don't matter in the overall story because the focus on madame curie is really well done it's not the best biopic i've ever seen but i agree with that too i i definitely recommend it 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 Hmm. definitely made me interested in reading novels or anything about her you know i'm interested Hmm. in you know going back and researching now because of it yeah she definitely seems like she was a really interesting character another thing to note this is just a science not a science true historical fact marie curie was born and died within the lifespan of nikola tesla i thought that was interesting yeah but that's all it is is interesting and just a tidbit of knowledge that one of these films is definitely better than uh, than the other and we're not even to that part of, part of our game yet so let's talk about the theory of everything yeah let's pit it let's pit the obvious radioactive versus theory of everything see, <laughs> see which one comes out on top sorry tesla you're cool you're cooler in my heart than all two the other two but yeah at the same time he's not the most influential on in my life i should say right let's get let's get on to stephen hawking theory of everything directed by james marsh written by anthony mccarton obviously starring eddie redmayne in his award oscar award-winning obviously. performance which leads me into a fun fact about <laughs> uh the faceless leone in my life in 2014, for whatever fucking reason, we were so adamantly against Eddie Redmayne winning the Oscar for this role because <laughs> Michael Keaton was going up for the Oscar yeah. for Birdman. 
And we were like, Michael Keaton deserves it, damn it. He did a great job, which he did. But having rewatched The Theory of Everything, (laughs) having rewatched The Theory of Everything, he so fucking deserved that award. Yeah, he did amazing. What was wrong with us? I think it was because he got nominated the year before. I think that might have been The Dutch Girl. Um, oh, right. Which he which was is also really great. good in that, too. Yeah. <laughs> He's an amazing, talented actor. And I don't know yeah. why we were so adamantly against. Another reason, me, I think, too, we were also on the uh, on the, the train of uh, being upset of whitewashing the awards, too. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't remember what all was on for that year but we're like we keep on giving the awards to the same guy yeah but we were also pushing for another white guy to win so we were we were you're right (laughs) but eddie redmayne wholeheartedly deserved this win and i also forgot that felicity jones was in this which she was also nominated for an oscar award Uh, she didn't win it though i always for whatever reason i was just like i i just connect her with rogue one as being the first film i remember her from i would have to say yeah this obviously came first right right yeah and so i'm just like i don't know why i didn't don't think of her as you know as this role first but rogue one's the first one that jumps to mind i bet when i watched that because i had the same thing i bet when i watched rogue one she really you know she doesn't she's not dressed or acts the same in that movie so no maybe that's it and, and it was just this movie like she's a major focus jane is a major focus in this this yeah. film but it's about stephen hawking so i feel like you're naturally drawn to watch eddie redmayne's performance yeah. so maybe and, maybe that's why yeah and two other characters i forgot that were in this that i wanted to mention up front are charlie cox the daredevil and david thulis who is yeah. professor lupin from harry potter like I don't know what it was about this movie. I definitely watched it when it came out. But I feel like I forgot everything except for <laughs> Stephen Hawking and Eddie Redmayne. But watching <laughs> it the second time, I, I loved it so much more. I will say that. Yeah, let me synopsize it. Uh, Stephen Hawking, you know, at, when I was a budding atheist, a very young kid, his works were one of the first things I turned to. Because he doesn't claim to, you know, know if god is you know real or not he i mean he's very staunch sure. i mean i shouldn't say he's staunchly atheist he, he kind of flip-flops you know he's there's moments where you think he's an atheist and there's moments where you're like maybe he does believe in god in, in, in a god yeah and that's one of the fun parts of this movie because jane is religious and so you know she's married to this guy who is adamantly searching for a theory of everything that would disprove a god's existence right. In, the, yeah. in his mind. Yeah, he meets Jane. They meet at a, a party. Right, yeah, yeah, he sees her across the room. <laughs> yeah. I think actually she asks about him first in the in the film. Um, yeah. But, but I think they did the kind of thing where they both did it with different people. Yeah. Uh, who's that? <laughs> yeah, there's like, he asks, like, who's that? And she's like, is that who's that guy over there? He's handsome. Yeah. <laughs> after you know maybe a couple months or so of seeing each other that's when his disease starts to set in and it's handled really well like again eddie renmain is just fucking brilliant in this movie and watching him go through this disease was very touching at times you know it's just like you feel for both characters and the movie is also uh 
later on in Hawking's life, he does cheat on his wife Jane, and they do divorce. And you know, he marries his nurse. Is yeah, I nurse? guess it's it's a permanent caretaker caretaker person. Yeah, Sorry. but that was one you know as as an idol of mine as as a young kid that is as an idol of mine that was one of my bigger uh, disappointments of Stephen Hawking was you know how he kind of treated his wife after everything that she yeah. kind of did for him throughout but that that's this story it kind of covers his relationship with Jane throughout the course of his life while right. he is trying to discover the theory of everything so one thing that I did kind of want to talk about was how they covered the um the thing with his nurse what like it was just like a peaceful transition is the way yeah. that they depict it in the movie and i'm sure it was a lot more messy than that yeah they uh they had a screaming fight on vacation and then i believe he like divorced her over a letter something along those lines oh, where man. he told her that he was leaving her for eve or whatever his nurse was i don't know where i pulled eve from but i don't know either that would be yeah. really yeah after everything they went through that would be pretty shitty but that is not the only romance outside of or even within the pair of mm-hmm. uh mr and mrs hawking uh do- oh, excuse me doctor and mrs hawking excuse there me. there you go um well isn't <clears throat> she isn't she a doctor too she, she is a doctor. You're right. She, yeah. I think, she does get her PhD in uh, yeah, doctor maybe Spanish and, Spanish and French literature or something like that. I'm yeah, sorry, I I, it was. Jane Hawking. But anyways, Charlie Cox's character, he comes in just to kind of offer a free helping hand. He is obviously though uh, attracted to Jane, but he and Stephen get along so well. Like they're like best buds, and I and I think I really admire what this film does of telling this story of this man being okay with his wife falling in love with this other person because he's able to give her something that he can't. I really like that. I don't know why that resonated with me. Uh, I will say that uh, on on a really personal level, Eddie Redmayne's performance did really ring with me uh because my grandfather had ms uh and eventually you know complications due to that caused him to die uh from pneumonia i i know eddie you know he gets to he gets to go home and walk after he's done on set but getting to watch him portray that showing the world what people with these just debilitating diseases go through from day to day yeah i think is pretty important and um i really appreciated this movie for that reason you know most people with uh lou gehrig's disease uh what is it als als yes and we also had a lot of family friends with als too but as this movie says most people with als they only have like a two-year right life span that's not right uh, Uh, life expectancy expectancy thank you what they use <laughs> lifespan <laughs> it's just uh but yeah the uh they only have a two-year life expectancy but stephen hawking lived for like five decades after yeah maybe not five decades but great, many years it, it after was a his crazy long time 
Like he yeah. was still, he was still, you know, like I said earlier, he, he didn't live much longer after this movie came out, but he was still alive no. when this movie came out. And, and the things he overcame, yeah. uh, regardless of his, some personal choices and his personality at times, regardless of that, I mean, the dude was super intelligent in a world that didn't really keep up with him. Yeah. And he challenged so much. And when his disease happened, you know, I'm sure he was thinking there's so much more I could do. Why, you know, why me? Why now? Right. But he didn't let that stop him from, you know, learning how to operate a motorized wheelchair, right. learning how to speak when his uh, throat would no longer, you know, he had a, he had the tracheotomy. Yeah. And yeah. He, after that, he was no longer able to speak. But he didn't let any of that stop him. He kept going. And I believe he was only able to type like four words a minute or something they said in the movie. And I'm sure he was able to start typing faster than that in regards to uh, by the time he was writing the book. Maybe it, maybe right. it advanced his technology. But it's, incre- it, it's incredible. You know, it's the stuff he accomplished with everything being tossed at him. You know, it's, it's an inspiring right. story, definitely. It definitely is. And... It just it is very inspirational for that reason that you know a person can have from from a certain perspective everything taken away from them mm-hmm. but they can still they can still persevere I 110% uh, I'm going to just say up front recommend you watch the theory of everything <laughs> yeah it, it deserved all the the accolades uh, especially, you know, things we haven't talked about were the cinematography and the music. Yeah, uh, we've mentioned we've mentioned Johan Johansson before on this podcast. I can't for the life of me right now remember his film filmography, I, but he did the I score for this. Mentioning him before, yes, I do. He, I know he does. Yeah, I know he does Denis Villeneuve movies, but his music in this is incredible. Like it, it definitely underlays the emotional structure of this movie and it's it's it, it just works wonders with the story and it pulls all the heartstrings when it needs to but right. the also there's the cinematography of Benoit Delholm his cinematography was also just beautiful plus there's a shit ton of Doctor Who references yeah there are <laughs> I, that's so great I I really did enjoy that I I love when he puts the the paper bag on his head and and makes his computer say exterminate oh my god <laughs> so good I, fucking I, love I, it. I laughed so hard yeah like i could i had totally forgot about it but it, it right. made me laugh so hard yeah this movie got me a lot harder the second time i watched it and i want to go back and slap my younger self for being so mean right. to it it's like go and watch this movie just watch it. <laughs> right. Put Michael Keaton on the shelf for a little second. Bird, yeah. Birdman was awesome, but let, let's lock him up for a moment and just appreciate yes. this film. And, you know, I just wish that they could just give more than one award sometimes. Yeah. You know, like they, they make the rules anyways. They're always making up new categories. Right. Just, yeah. Just give give more than one film the award. Why why can't there be a tie? There's not really much more for me to say behind yeah. the theory of everything because, you know, as as we said, highly recommend. Yeah. Uh, this I'm just gonna lead into my closing statement and you know inaccuracies aside, this is a, a brilliant film. 
you know, really well told. Being more of a modern character, we know more about his life than we do some of the others. So they they have less to embellish, and yet they still embellish. They still let it dramatize the story, and in my opinion, they used it to great effect. I think so you know, too. Yeah, they they told the story they wanted to tell. They weren't they weren't overly harsh to Stephen Hawking, but at the same time, they definitely showed who he was as a person his mm. good side and his bad side and but reading his books there's there's a snarkiness to his personality that i think the movie does kind of subdue a little bit yeah, yeah. subdue that's the word loyalty to the to the man aside just this was a very compelling story and highly loved it three and a half stars hell yeah oh yeah I yeah, this is a full face movie. It's a good movie. You should watch this movie. I kind I wish I had it on my shelf. It's a very personal connection for me. Um, uh, and also, I do think that his science is interesting as well. There was one more thing I wanted to mention though. Charlie Cox. I don't. I don't feel like we gave him enough props for his character. I can't remember what his character. Charlie, isn't it Charlie? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I do have to say Jonathan was his name. John. Do I have to say that it's not just this from this movie, but I have a little crush on Charlie Cox. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Daredevil did that for me. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Put, it's not yeah. just from this movie, but I love him for this movie for different reasons. He's very sweet in this movie. Yeah, he is. I, I like Jonathan. easy there boy Uh, all right so who wins who wins i'll have to hose you off who wins (laughs) i I mean it was close between radioactive and theory of everything but the the flash forwards and radioactive brought it down to a different level for me because there's there's little hiccups that you know I feel like still could have been fixed, but with the theory of everything, it's it's such a compelling story, so wonderfully acted, and I have to say that that's the winner, theory of everything. That's very fair. I think I'm gonna lean towards agreeing with you for the winner, uh, but I would have to say that it was honestly pretty close for me uh, between mm-hmm. this and Radioactive, uh, because I think namely because upon first watch i enjoyed radioactive more i've watched both of these films twice mm-hmm. but on the second watch where i don't have that bias anymore from birdman <laughs> i think it's pretty obvious that theory of everything should win but just the performances alone if you were to take just the performances uh of the the lead characters and boiling them down the scale would be pretty balanced i would say yeah they're both very worthwhile films but i do have a very personal connection to this movie because of how it reminded me of my grandfather yeah so it's the winner and the physical the physical performance alone from eddie redmayne though lifts him right. above Madame i agree Curie because there's I, i'll agree with that yeah there's a moment where he has a brief fantasy uh, Stephen Hawking in in the movie has a brief fantasy about him, you know, standing up, you know, a little girl in one of his lectures, uh, maybe not a little girl, a student, 
And it's probably an older lady. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> but, it was some kind of speech he was giving. Yeah, yeah. A student uh, drops a pen, and he has this little fantasy where he stands back up, walks down the steps, and you know, hands her the pen. And watching Eddie Redmayne go from being in that chair to you know doing the performance of of Stephen Hawking mid disease, yeah, or mid ALS. To standing up and like walking down those stairs, you know, it was incredible range. Like it, it just showed everything in his acting in that one little scene. I was like, yeah, that's why he won the award right there. That scene alone is incredible. Like it was very that, moving. That and honestly, the the stairs scene. That was a good. Oh gosh. Scene. Yeah, but like they. But so one thing I didn't understand. I'm going back a little bit, and this is <laughs> you know. I don't know if this was just the film or 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 if it's actually happened. They got together. They knew he wasn't going to be able to walk up those stairs for very long. Yeah. Why did they buy into this place? Why did they <laughs> live here? They had to like be somewhere might've... else to live. <laughs> right. I think it might have been the stubbornness of his character. Yeah. Uh, because he refused to be isolated to one floor for quite some time. And, yeah. you know, even even when the disease was beyond the point of no return for a lot of his physical uh, ability, he still refused so much help. You know, he, he was constantly uh, stubborn. He was just a stubborn man. Hey, you know what? I totally get that side of it, like... Uh, there's definitely a lot of moments with my grandpa where just similar shit, you know, I don't have a specific yeah. example, but like, you know, he, he wanted to be able to do things himself and uh, watching him struggle, you know, it definitely informed things that of how I felt about things in my childhood. And, you know, I, I also did see a strength in that though, too. And, and, I can still do this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So thank you, Eddie Redman. I appreciate it. I think that's, that's the show. That's the show. Got, emo- got hit in the heart there, guys. I did. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, don't apologize. It's beautiful. It'll get us the views. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, safe travels and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks19. If you want to learn more information about us, check us out on Facebook. You can also check out the Facebook and Instagram accounts of FictionWorks19. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, or subscribe wherever you catch the show. Thank you all very much for listening.